Good morning, friends. Grainne Tyndall here, Numbers for Success, with another Numbers for Success podcast on all things soul. Well, friends, I'm recording this on Thursday, September 21st, 2023, and we're a couple of days um, to go for the Libran Equinox. And I'm going to actually give that its own mini pod in a couple of days. So I felt really strongly to come on today um, to talk about um, personal myths and to kind of tie it all up with what's presented on the world stage at the moment. So before I begin, friends, you know I'm going to give thanks and gratitude to each and every one of you. The listenership is, is quadrupling. It's beautiful to see it. And let's keep it going. Let's see this, this, my words and my vision being brought out to the world and people taking what they want from it. And if it helps one person, well, I know I've done my job. And also, if I can help you to discover and uncover your sole purpose, please contact me at the information down below. And to be also part of our community where you receive a daily inspirational message from me, direct from me to you. And that might be of some value. Now, you may hear some sound effects. Um, the first sound effects you may hear is my 16 and a half year old little dog who sits beside me when I'm doing any type of um, energy work. So she makes the odd sounds. You may hear them here, but they're just comforting to me because she sits right beside me with her body just lying right down because she loves the energy. So um, please, please be mindful of that and bearing of it. So it was good old George Orwell, very uh, intuitive, um, aspirational individual who said the following myths which are believed in tend to become true. So myths which are believed in tend to become true. And I felt today was important to talk about myths and M-Y-T-H-S. And I suppose, have you ever, I know I have, have you ever come totally absorbed in a movie or a play or a painting or in my case, mainly a book that you're completely lost in time and space and you almost become the various different characters. And I'm sure we all have. And we're, we're hoping it begins with Once Upon a Time, even if it's an adult uh, version of something and ends in and hopefully ends in the all lived happily ever after. Wouldn't that be nice? And as we transcend through this time of evolution and revolution, I really believe that it's time to maybe take a look at our own personal myths. And do you know what yours is? So really what it is, a personal myth is your story you have for making sense of the world. That's what a personal myth is. And if you think of it, it's like how we navigate through life, having our own personal myth, trying to make sense of the world. And I feel at the moment... I have spoken with a number of people personally on a personal level, but also on a professional level, you know, working with clients for the past week or two. And a lot of us are questioning what is going on? Who am I? Why am I here? Those who we've put, you know, in 
roles and in places of authority and wisdom perhaps are really being exposed in many ways. And um, I just feel this is a really important time for us to explore and uncover our own personal myth. And think of your personal myth as your soul's prime directive for the spiritual lessons you need to master at different times in your life. And I suppose as a soul seer, which I am, I can see through numbers, through time passages, through your date of birth, your name from birth, the family in which you were born. What is your personal myth? What is your soul's direction? What is your honeycomb of your soul's contract? And from ancient times, fairy tales and stories and myths have contained more spiritual truth in one telling than we can ever process. And, you know, it was Yahshua, Jesus, he would have used myths and parables to tell stories, to explain to people about the depths of the soul's journey. And I suppose that's a perfect example. And when you think of it as children, we're presented with stories that we perhaps identify with based on our be a boy or a girl I know it's different now but you know I'm talking about generally just very generalized and I know that's been uh, changed now but but basically when you think of your own story your own her story his story it begins with facts doesn't it, it begins where like where you were born your date of birth your time of birth who your parents were where you lived, your socioeconomic status, your ethnic, cultural, religious background, and even, you know, judgments, um, values and so forth have been handed down from generations. And they are how we view the world when we come in. So the thing is, a lot of people just accept that's the fact. But we have the power within us to create and figure out what your own personal myth is and it it might give you some consolation to know that um, Carl Jung didn't really begin to explore his own personal myths until he was 83 so I still have a bit of time as we all have but I feel it's something to start searching certainly now um, as we're going through these astronomical changes basically astronomical and extraordinary changes and I feel a lot of us don't really start exploring our personal myths until we've gone through maybe a trauma or a tragedy or a loss and uh, I certainly would have started my own probably about 20 years ago I've been exploring it ever since and um, for me well I've had many um, my story is constantly changing but it, for me it's looking at a painting I have a huge love of art and uh, it doesn't mean you have to like art to make this work but this is something I'd suggest you do I remember seeing for the first time I'm actually looking at it now as I'm speaking to you it's a print on my wall and it's the painting The Kiss by Gustav Klimt and it was painted between 1907 and 1908. The original, unfortunately, is not in my bedroom, but the original is in Vienna. 
And I remember the first time seeing that painting and it's basically a fusion of spiritual and erotic love. It's a male and female, but for me it's the colours, the gold. I love gold. And it's just the the detail of the well the, the image of the two of the two main characters and the ecstasy that is in their face, but also the joy of, of coming together. But equally it's the surrounding uh, colours. It's like, you know, billions of starlight just shimmering in the background. And they're kneeling together in union on the most magnificent coloured looks like wildflowers to me. And for me, again, excusing the noises, it's just what's going on in the outside of my home. I can't change it. But for me, it was, I remember seeing that for the first time and being blown away by the synergy. And it just created in my own personal sense of self, you know, that desire to experience that, but also to recognise that the, the depth and the beauty and the creative process that, that took place for that when at that time Gustav Klimt was going through a really challenging time in his life um, he'd been um, given out if we want to call it that by the university in Vienna uh, for, for certain things and uh, he was a bit of a wild card but he, he basically just created this piece and I suppose for me that helped me start to discover my own personal myth and it really is a sacred one it is one to do really uh, for yourself and another way to maybe discover your personal myth you know apart from a painting is song lyrics Uh, you might listen to take a song and listen to the lyrics and then change the lyrics to tell your story of your life I think that's always good or maybe looking at a fairy tale that you liked as a child and putting yourself in it and maybe changing the ending is there a you know a spell is there a love story and how do you feel so again playfully um making you know changing things around but i do feel you know your sense of vision knowing your own mythical guides and really recognizing that when you start to explore your own myth it really is a wake-up call to tell you you must change your life so especially if you want to live happily ever after so maybe explore that today friends explore it and I felt I felt it led on to something I explored the other day I've been watching and observing Um, The whole Russell Brand story and scenario that's playing out on the world stage. And I was doing my research and just watching, observing, trying not to absorb. I had some conversations with uh, other friends who were in similar work. And a lot of us were feeling, without understanding initially, feeling a great sense of, I suppose, sadness um, by someone who had been out there who's out there who is you know millions of followers um, and who has certainly 
awakened in so, so it seems I really believe he has to his own you know certainly to awareness like he's introduced a lot of people who would have been not aware to many different methods of meditation visualization even the the cold bath you know jumping into it and sitting in it and really allowing the shock value to help you to um <laughs> to bring out the, the 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 cortex of your brain to awaken um but apart from that i mean Everyone has their own story, their own personal myth. And I found it very curious that um, Russell Brand uh, had written a number of books, uh, which I haven't read, actually. Um, Bookie One and Bookie, something like that. Bookie Wookie. Um, But he also, this is the part I found a bit curious. He also wrote his own interpretation, or certainly his images are in it, of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Now... Because I'm a Virgo and with a Gemini moon, I decided to do a bit of research and uh, I looked up. I never liked that story. It's a horrible story. And uh, so basically it's about a Pied Piper who is very charismatic and uh, he comes to a place in Germany called Hamelin and he uses mystical, magical music to um, get rid of the rats, which have completely... Um, decimated and destroyed the town of Hamlin. So he makes a deal with the people of Hamlin that he will do that. So with his music, his charisma, his magic, he takes away the rats. And then he asked to be paid. He asked for what he was owed. And of course, they laughed at him and said, not at all, we're not paying you. And he gave them one more chance, but they didn't listen. So once again, this mystical, magical character started playing music. And this time... The children, the children were enticed and brought away, never to be seen again. Now, isn't that the most awful story? And when I researched, I literally put it into Google, I'll be honest, and I put in, what is the theme behind the Pied Piper? And these were the three things that came up. Again, make your own choice on this one. This is just observing the story of the Pied Piper. So what was the main reason for the Pied Piper, I think I put in. And it said strong but delusive enticement. The second was a leader who makes irresponsible um, irresponsible promises. And third, a charismatic person who attracts followers. Now, when I read that, I thought to myself, well, holy moly. And... In the book that Russell wrote, it's all his images were in the top hat. And he looks like he, you know, looks like he did around the time of the 2012 Olympics. So it was probably around that time he wrote it. I don't know for sure. Now, I'm no in no way suggesting that he is the Pied Piper or anything to do with children. I'm no way doing that. But what I am saying is he um, he's, he's very open and honest about his past. And it was a very corrupt it was a very um, drug-fueled um, time, which would have certainly suggested a lot of irresponsible behaviour. And I truly believe, as I've discussed with other friends, you don't go to that level of fame. You don't without using divisive you know, control, but also being controlled as a puppet by the greater puppet masters. There's no way. There's no way. And, you know, for him to have over six 
8.5 million followers on, I think it's YouTube. That's huge. Um, and, you know, the powers that be allowed that. And he agreed to it. And he did what he did. And he has awakened many, many people. But now the powers that be have decided to shut him down. And if that man is guilty of what has been said, well, absolutely, justice has to prevail. This is Libran season, coming into Libran season anyway. But it equally reminded me of a programme I watched a couple of nights ago around George Michael, one of my heroes. I loved George Michael's music. I truly did. And what he stood for. And again, he's not here, but he's, you know, he's here. His music will be here forever. And in this programme that I watched, it spoke about he spoke about being unhappy since the age of 22 and he died at the age of about 55 and so for 20 so you know over 30 years um he was miserable and you know before that from 18 to 22 he was this young kid with his friend his best friend Andrew Ridley and the two of them just had a good time traveling the world playing music but they still had to fight for justice for the first few years of their musical business, um, they didn't make a penny because they had signed a contract, which meant that they all the money went to the recording company. It was quite extraordinary. But George was a very strong, clever man. So behind the, the fluffy big hair and the, the, the lovely tan, he really was a shrewd business person and he knew his worth. He knew his value. And so using music, he was able to, well, basically he moved into his own arena and became one of the most famous men and still is in the world. So, but with that came the pain and there was that the dance between the media and himself. And um, they used him and they brought him to fame and they certainly brought him down. And he talked openly in an open interview about his relationship with one of the biggest media Mongols in the world who's still alive uh, Rupert Murdoch and how Rupert Murdoch's enterprise basically made him he said this and also destroyed him because he went head to head with Rupert Murdoch personally probably not the best thing to do however he felt his rights and his, his he felt justified in doing it and of course you know uh, that the, the Mongol and the all the various um, newspapers and media outlets just completely destroyed George Michael if there was anything at all they could find, they used it to front head page headlines to destroy him. So it sort of brings us back to, and the, you know how he died was so tragic, but brings us back to what's happening right now. So here we have somebody who many people, including myself, really admired and really admired what he did. But it also brings us back to this point, my friends, that we have to create our own personal myth, our own story. And not to put people on pedestals. It's so important, friends. Be your own saviour. Be your own um, counsel. Tune in, tap in to your higher self. To your archetype. Know thyself. When you know who you are, it means that you can view the world through your own lens. You can view the world through your own way of coping with life. And I think this is something that we're all being taught again and again and again. We are merely human beings, spiritual beings, pardon me, having this human experience. And we're heading in and we are in 5D dimensional uh, energy right now. So what you think about, you are instantly bringing about. 
So let's let's today when you hear this uh, podcast, please feel free to share it. Feel free to contact me. But start creating your own personal myth. So once upon a time and let's look for a happy ever after. And so it is. <laughs>